It's good to be back from Minnesota. Um, did some fishing up there and um, did a little wood carving also. Uh, read, a, read a book. Uh, but it was uh, nice to be back, and I'm, I appreciate Gary taking and closing up our Axemen series. Guys, let's give him appreciation. Praise God. Good to have that. And uh, Mandy had baptisms while I was gone. People placing membership while I was gone. So I... I'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> no, no, don't cheer too loud. Um, no, it's good, good to be back and um, enjoyed uh, the 10 days away. Uh, let's see. Got a lot of things going on. If you look in your bulletin, and by the way, I'm Tim, and, and if it's your first time here, uh, glad you could be here with us. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. Here's the way it works. I'm going to talk for, uh, try to talk not too long, but I'll talk for a while. And then we'll have a song. Uh, and, and you'll be able to fill out this communication card if you're making a decision, you'd like to make some kind of decision or a prayer request. You'll notice that communication card in your bulletin. And then we'll sing another song after that and take up those cards along with our contribution. And if you're a guest, we want you to know you're not obligated to give any money. If you'd like to, uh, that's fine. You know, we want you to know we'll use it for God. We'll, we'll do something with it for the Lord. But uh, for our me- it's for our members, not for our guests. We're not wanting to get anything from you. You know, we want to give something to you. In fact, if you're a first-time guest, I'd like to encourage you to get a CD of either if you missed a lesson last week or if you'd like to get today's lesson. And it'll be free for a first-time guest, the first first time. Just say, hey, I'm a free, I'm a free guy. Give me a CD. And hopefully you'll get today's lesson. Okay? There's a few things in your bulletin. You'll notice in your bulletin there's some notes along. We're, gonna, we're starting a new series called Roots, and we're going to be looking at what it means to be rooted, and we're going to be, uh, those notes, we can follow along, fill out blanks, circle words. We like doing that here. It helps us remember and retain. And we hope you'll take those notes home and look at those passages again, maybe discuss it with someone, uh, someone here, uh, or in your, sm- in your small group, your discipleship group. Um, also, there's some announcements. If you'll notice in the back, there's this big license plate that's out in the foyer. Uh, and this is our marriage retreat that's going to be coming up in just a few weeks, guys. And I want to encourage all of our marriages to sign up for this. It's, it's, it's the Road Less Travel. We're doing a Route 66 type of, of theme. We're staying at the Route 66 Motel Hotel there in uh, Springfield. Uh, it's the first Holiday Inn ever built on Route 66. That's why we're... And we're going to be discussing the Road Less Traveled. Uh, we're also... We're going, there's uh, several attractions you're going to notice here. And uh, one of the things we're going to be doing, this is a retreat designed to go away and get away and enjoy being together as a couple. You know, I don't know about you, but there's times when there's just so many things going on. There's, I heard it described this way one time, like a pie, and we give all the pieces away, and then we end up with an empty pan, and we look at each other as husband and wife and say, where's our piece of pie? And we've given it away. And so uh, what we're doing is we're, we're taking this weekend, we're planning together to go to Springfield and just enjoy being together spending time together as a couple, and being encouraged periodically to take the road less traveled that's marked out in the Scriptures. Uh, we're going to wrap up our time together uh, that Saturday night with a sunset picnic overlooking the lake in Springfield. And it's going to be very, very nice with a, with a devotional, and we hope you'll, you'll join us. It's going to be really cool. Uh, that's going on, and you can learn more about it. We need you to sign up. Right now, only six couples have signed up, so we need you to sign up, all right? And get this, get this going, all right? Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, you're going to also notice that next week is our celebration. And our cele- we're having a celebration. 
We're going to be starting at 7 o'clock, right? 7 o'clock. We're not eating together. We're not, we won't have the Lord's Supper together. We'll have, it, of course, the Lord's Supper's on Sunday morning. But we're going to be getting together. We're going to rock the joint. And then we're going to start just giving the open mic to people to talk about the great things that are happening in their lives here at Greater Alton. God is working, and we, we, we want to hear these good stories. Do you need some good news? I tell you, I need it all the time. Especially right now in my life, I'm needing a lot of good news. And I get it every once in a while. I found out the campus two weeks ago had 70 at Devin's house. 70 campus students. How do they do that? That's how, the word that Matt, or Nathan likes to use. That was insane. And then last week they sent me another a video. And I was just really down in the dumps, having a tough day. And, and Nicole sent us this video. And it looked like mayhem at Devin's again. And, and there were people, Jonathan said, we were wall-to-wall people. And I, How do you talk? You just sit there and try to breathe. And, you know, and it was just, but it was awesome. And I thought that's kind of cool, you know. And if you notice, there was a baptism uh, while I was gone. Like I say, a baptism with the campus students. And then I think Greg placed membership. Is that right? That is awesome, you know, to have, to have things like that going on, okay? And like I say, maybe I need to leave more often. And I'm, I'm you know, that's good. I'll, I'll take it. I like the trade. But um, are we getting started on a sermon already? Was that what's going on? I guess Chris is telling me we need to get going. Okay, so uh, today we're starting a new series called Root, uh, Rooted. And we're, we're looking at our roots. We're looking at where our roots are. You know, where you sink down roots uh, is where you're going to be. And if you look at the bulletin cover and you look at our picture, the roots are hidden. The roots are not where you can see, but where you can't see. And, and let me say this. None of us here have the capacity to see in people's hearts, do we? Well, don't you wish you could? Oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So, he's thinking, man. You know, yeah. But God, maybe it's a blessing you think about it. We can't see into each other's hearts, but God can. And you can. And so this series is really about what goes on the kind of life I really have that nobody can see. How I am at home. We kind of let our hair down at home, don't we? Nothing like a vacation. You're in the car for 10 hours on your way to Minnesota. And, man, you talk about things you just don't talk about in public. I did tape it if you want to have a tape. We got, no, no, we're not giving it away. But you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's the life we have privately under the radar. Nobody can see it. Only you and God. And I think it's on purpose. In this series, I hope you will look at personally where you are. Personally look at that you and God together look at your root system. What really matters to you. You know, that when I, I'd like you to do something in, during this series, you can go to studylight.org or you can go to Bible Gate, Gateway or any website that's got a bunch of translations and type in the word root or roots or rooted and just have fun with all the different translations. You're going to be surprised how many times that word shows up and that God uses this word roots. He's not just he doesn't talking about trees or plants, but he's using it as a word picture to describe people. And spiritual truths. And one of the things I think is fascinating, and I, can, I want to say, it is so good to be back with y'all. I'm needing 
I'm needing today. Okay? You're all good to me. I know. You're good. You're good to me. But, I, but I, what I want you to see is, is that throughout the Bible, you'll read about roots and, and it's referring to things like, you know, Jesus Christ is referred to as the root of Jesse. In Revelation, he says he's the root and branch of David. Uh, the, the Bible talks about, see to it that no bitter root grows up among you and defiles many. You'll see this word root all over the place. And here's a, here, let me give you an example. Here's one in Proverbs 12 that Chris was wanting me to get to. Let's look at this. Here it is. The, the root of the righteous flourishes. And I underlined a few words on purpose. There's an example. The root of who? The righteous. Who's the righteous? Those that are right with God. Those that have a relationship with God. That the root of those that have a relationship with God, that are right with God, that pursue the Lord, their life flourishes. What does flourish mean? It means to grow. It means, it means to, to be blessed. It means to do well, to thrive. And I just want you to know, as we get into this, this idea of, of what, is, what are roots and what, what does it mean to be rooted, that God, and it's, it's my desire, but it's God's desire most of all, that your life flourish, that your life grows, that your life thrives. Now, I don't know about you, but I've, I, you know, driving in Minnesota, there's a lot of trees. There are a lot of trees in Iowa. Lots and lots of trees in Iowa. It's the, it's the Kansas if you're going north. You ever drove through Kansas? Okay. It's kind of like that for me. We drove along the bluffs, the river road, the great river road in Illinois. Lots of trees. You know they're all going to come out this year. They had so much good rain. Different colors. It's going to be beautiful fall. I, I, I'm anticipating that. And yet, you know, you'd come along every once in a while, you'd see a tree blown down or a tree that was dead. And, or or you would, you'd see this one tree, and it's growing. How is it able to grow out of the bluff like that? And it's so big and strong. It has a root system. And you know as well as I do, those trees haven't had it easy. They've had trouble. They've had storms. They've had all kinds of things happen to them. And yet, with all of that happening to them, the oak stands, the pine stands. The hackberry, the ash, the redbud, the sassafras, the buckeye. They just, they flourish. Yet they've had, we just had a drought, folks, this last year. And we see these trees still alive. How? Roots. And see, the root of the righteous, he says, flourish. And it's God's desire that your life flourish. And it comes with a relationship with Christ with a root that goes to Him. That's what I hope you get. That's what Colossians is about. It's about seeking this life that pleases God and it's made possible when I think my roots, what I depend on for everything in Jesus Christ. Now look at these passages. We're going to look at two because the Old Testament and the New Testament kind of talk about uh, this. It's interesting, whether it's the old or new, you're going to read the same kind of image. Here's Jeremiah. read this a few weeks ago in my daily Bible. And look what it says here. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to be fruitful. There's a lot right there. There's a sermon series right there. But you know, not only does the Old Testament 
give us this image of flourishing, that the righteous flourish, the person who trusts the Lord flourishes. But look what it says here in our text that we're going to be looking at today. This is Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Look what it says. Why don't we read this? Could you read this with me? Let's try to do that. Let's see if we can do this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in faith strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. There's a lot of stuff in this two verses. Isn't there? Can you see all the words kind of popping out? And I bet you different words are popping out to you as you read this. He's talking to the church at Colossae. This church isn't very old. It's a young church. And he's telling them, just as you accepted Christ, you've got to sink those roots deep. Deep into the Lord. And he says, and by doing that, by, going, by growing down, you will grow up. And that's how trees work, right? The roots grow down and the tree grows up. That, that like, our, like anything, you know, you look at a tree or a plant, what we see is determined by what is unseen. What's going on with no one else but you and God. Only for God's eyes and your eyes. What you do in your personal life determines what everybody else is going to see, what you're going to reveal. And when I look at these passages, these two passages, and by the way, if you want to write another passage, Psalms 1, 1 through 3 is a passage you can look at also that gives us this image. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Just read it sometime. There's this, this, this idea of what roots can do. And they're in all three of these passages. Let's look. Uh, we'll review this, these two passages as we look at these three things that roots do. And one of the things about my is, is that just like a tree has roots or plants have roots, you and I have roots. They're spiritual roots. And what are they? Well, what, what, is, what do my spiritual roots do? Well, they provide three things in my life. The first one is they provide, my spiritual roots provide my life with nourishment. That's what roots do. Look, again, look at the passages here. They're up here on the screen. He says, let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. He says, you get, my spiritual roots, my spiritual life, my Christian life, if I want to have a relationship with God, I draw nourishment from Him, nothing else. There's nothing else I can draw what I really need to grow, to change, to overcome. It only comes from Christ. Notice again, Jeremiah, look what Jeremiah has to say. It says, He sends out its roots by a stream. And notice, it doesn't fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. Why? Because it's getting nourishment. It's getting nourishment. And see, guys, what I want you to notice this morning is, is that, that your root system, your spiritual root system, is a key part of what you can do as you grow deep to get the nourishment, the things you need from God to grow, to get through stuff, to overcome habits, to get through life, to get through the storms, to, to keep, to, to have emotional health, to have hope, confidence in what God does when it isn't going too well. I know some of you here are going through some tough times. Me too. And I need from God. I can get something from you. 
I can get some things. Like I told you, it's so good to be here. I get something from you. But you know what? The reason I'm getting something from you, it's directed from God. It really comes from God. And God wants to wants to feed you. I read a passage that it's not on the notes, but that I found in the, in, the, in the easy to read version. If you've got a smartphone, you're looking up versions. In the easy to read version, in Romans 11:18, it says this: "You don't give life to the root; the root gives life to you." And that's true. There's nothing, guys, there's nothing you do or I do. We don't give ourselves life. It was given to us by God Himself. And the breath that you and I draw right now is only by the grace of God. It comes from the Lord. Thank you. So I get nourishment. I get what I need when I, when I have roots in Christ, what I really need. Here's the second thing I get from my spiritual roots. My spiritual roots promote my life with stability. You know, one of the things about life that I find interesting, and I don't know if it's the English language, it happens to be coincidental, but the word if is in the word life. You can't spell life without the word if. And life is so unpredictable, isn't it? It's so uncertain. It comes out of nowhere sometimes. Things happen and blindside us. And we, and we, we say things like, well, I'll do that if this happens, or I hope this doesn't happen, because if it does. And so it makes us just so, what's going to happen feel and it can make us very unstable and insecure, fearful, worried people. And yet, my spiritual roots can give me stability. Look at this passage again. Here we are in Colossians still. Let your roots go down deep into Him and draw nourishment. Why? So you'll grow in faith strong and vigorous. I was looking up the word vigorous. What does it mean? It means strong. Now, wait a minute. He just said strong. I think he's saying this. So you will grow in faith strong and stronger. That you'll just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And what that does, as a tree grows, doesn't its roots go deeper and further out? And it becomes stronger and stronger. You know, I have a, I was telling the church in the first service, I have a, I have a, a lots of landscape around our house. And I have redbud trees everywhere. I love them. They have those heart-shaped leaves. And they just say, I love you every spring. You know, and the buds are not red, not purple, but in between. They're just beautiful trees. And, and you know, and, and we'll be, we have landscape. And those redbuds love growing in the landscape. And, you know, we'd be working landscape duties because, oh, look, what? There's a redbud. And it's going, I love you. It's got the little bitty heart. And Denise goes, Pulls it right out. What are you doing? Tim! Help me! What you do, Denise? It's in the landscape. Now, Denise hasn't pulled every tree in our landscape. Some of them got by her. Now they're 15 feet in our, in our landscape. I walk up. Hi, Tim. Denise says, you know, Tim. Kind of like 2001 Space Odyssey, you know, Tim. I got a chainsaw in my hand. What are you doing, Tim? Chris, you okay? <laughs> Pulls the chainsaw. No, no, don't do it. <laughs> he takes a chainsaw. You know, I'm getting a chainsaw. I'm getting ready to cut this tree. And I can just see this tree going, what, what are you doing, Tim? Tim. Burr. 
what's the, what are you saying, Tim? I'm saying that when a tree gets older, it's harder to get out of the ground because its re- roots are deeper. It's more stable. And when, as you grow and as you sink your roots into Christ, it produces stability. That's why young Christians, some of you young Christians, you know, you're wanting to take on the world and you've got people saying, now, now pace yourself. Why are you holding me back? Because your roots are about this deep. But I want to pay it forward. Okay, you'll pay it forward, but just remember, your roots are about this deep and you need lots of nourishment, lots of help, or else, damn, you're going to be in trouble. No, you, you sink those roots down deeper. You keep going deeper. And you grow. And I want you to know, I look at, I want you, again, thank God, thank God what, I, what we're saying in our kids' ministry, our teen ministry, and our campus ministry. It gives me great hope. It gives me great hope. And I want to say to you guys, grow. I'll say to you adults, grow. You know, the church will be, will be stable and steady as you get stable and steady. Amen? Yeah, that happens. That'll happen. So it produces stability in, in my life. Again, what's Jeremiah 17 say? It simply says, it does not fear when the heat comes. It has no worries in the year of drought. It's steady. It's still there years later. Why? It stays put because its roots are deep. So roots give us stability. Another thing that my spiritual roots do is it produces, and it will produce in my life, maturity. If I get my roots deep enough and I keep getting them deeper, I grow and I begin to mature and change. I'm becoming something, not just doing something. I'm not just doing, if I'm an oak tree, how are you an oak tree? I do oak tree things. No, I'm an oak tree because that's what I've become. And so maturity is becoming like Christ, not doing Jesus things. You need to remember that for a minute. Because I can do Jesus things and not be, not be mature. I can do Jesus things and not be a Christian. That doesn't make me like Christ. See, here's what I've learned about me. I hate this, but it's true. There's a lot of tinning in me. Jesus is trying to become so dominant in everything I do that when Jesus and Tim someday are together, you can't... Are they twins? You can't tell the difference. But right now, we're different. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. Not in just looking at my life, but you look at your own. There's more of Bill or Mike or Sarah. Right? There's more than Jesus. And yet, the, the root system, what I do when no one else is around, that, that what's just between me and God, what I'm responsible for is getting my roots deep and then God blesses me to become more and more mature. And that maturity looks like being Jesus. Becoming like Christ. Look what the Bible says here. Look what it says here. There's Colossians 2. Let your roots grow down deep into Him and draw nourishment from Him so you will grow in faith. I notice that trees, do, they grow in two directions at the same time and at the same, at the same rate. As the roots grow, the tree grows. The, the tree doesn't go any higher than the root system. It's funny. If you take and were to cut the ground, it looks like the tree's upside down. It's as big and branched out as the, as the foliage. It's like there's a root for everything there. Absolutely. 
And that's what happens. We grow and we mature and we bear fruit. Again, look at Jeremiah 17 here. Look what it says. It says here, again, look, never fails to bear fruit. It keeps bearing fruit. What's fruit? The changes that God's making in my life. You want to know if you've really got your spiritual roots where they belong? Are you changing? Or are you basically the same? See, you know that. I, I can't look into your heart and know that unless you admit it. But you know that. You know whether you're changing and growing or whether you're stagnant. And that all depends on what's underneath everything. Your private life. That to me is just amazing thought. There's a passage I found, again, uh, uh, before he, Chris pushes me on to the next point, I want to show you something. He's an aggressive young guy, isn't he? Okay. Yep. That's what we need. Mavericks. We need Mavericks. Okay. Uh, in Romans 11, in the message, this is down in your notes and up on the screen. Let me read it to you. Paul is talking in Romans 11, in the message paraphrase. He uses the word roots quite a bit. He's talking about how the Gentiles are grafted into God's vine or God's tree. And you and I really are the Gentiles, the results of that, that God has grafted us into his people. And look what he says here. This is what he says. Uh, listen to this. This is Romans 11, verse 17. Behind and underneath all this, there is a holy, God-planted, God-tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there's bound to be some holy fruit. And I want you to know, if you're... If your roots are sunk into, if you're connected to Christ, then they're, they're, they're connected to His holiness, it will come out in your life. It will come out in your life. I want you to know, God is trying to work on you today. He wants to bring out His image, His holiness in your life. His image and holiness in your marriage, in your friendships, in your workplace, in your heart. That's exciting. That's exciting. Because He holds the key to life. Now, so I got to thinking about this. How do I become a rooted believer? How do I become a Christian or a person who's really rooted in Christ? And I think Colossians 2 really helps me understand this. And so what I want to do is I want to share four, just four thoughts here that I think will help us be rooted in Christ. With these four steps we take. The first step I need to take is I center my life on Jesus Christ. See, every root system has a tap root. What's a taproot? Anybody know what a taproot is? Huh? The main one. It's the biggest one. You pull out a tree, you pull out a plant, there's this big, gnarly root. It's kind of like the drill bit that's going down. And then the rest of the roots, the feeder roots, are going out from it. Right? There's this taproot. And it's the one that determines where the root system's going to be. See, where your roots are is very important. What you're tapping into is very important, has, a, has tremendous results in your life. By the way, let me say this again. It doesn't matter if it's Christ or something else. Whatever your root system is in, that is going to be where you seek nourishment and help, what you depend on. You see, if I want to know where my life, where my root system, my spiritual root system really is, all I have to ask myself is a few questions like this. What do I spend most of my time on? What do I think about most of the time? What do I worry about most of the time? What do I spend my energy on? What do I talk about most of the time? 
And there lies what you depend on most of the time. That's where your taproot is. For example, if, if money is something that's very important to you, you're going to, find, you're going to look for security in your money, in your investments, in your possessions. You say, well, Tim, shouldn't we be good stewards? Shouldn't we be good managers of money? Absolutely. Managers of it. We should manage it. The Bible's pretty clear about that. But it's not designed to dominate my life. And here's what I notice. Whatever dominates, whatever is most important in my life, it sets the priority of everything else. So if, if money and possessions and pleasure are what I'm after, then everything else kind of falls behind it. See, whatever it is that I depend on the most, I don't even know how to say it like this, but I'm going to say it, helps me determine the rest. So I better make sure the most important thing is there, or I'm going to be really screwed up. That's why I think some of us really struggle with this because we're going, how come I'm having such a hard time? Well, it's because Christ is not really, you're not building your life on Jesus. You're building it on doing Jesus things. Or you're building it on a church. Or you're building it on a preacher. Or a leader. Or a husband. Or a wife. Or what's best for your kids. I heard parents say to me one time, well, if you get my kids, you've got me. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, what to say about that. What you're telling me is if we get your kids, then we get you. Jesus says, I want you. And he's saying, if you get me, you get me. And so it's really about getting Jesus, not if the church gets my kids or not. In fact, a parent that, a parent that is getting Jesus at the center of the life doesn't have to worry about the kids so much. Because any other way, you're on your own. So I center my life on Christ. You know, I, 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 I see people that center their life on their career, their job. And because they center their job, center, really tap into their job and that's their main focus. You say, well, don't, aren't we supposed to be hard workers? Don't you want us to excel, Tim? Doesn't God want us to be successful? Absolutely. Look at all the successful businessmen in the Bible. But you know what I noticed about the successful businessmen in the Bible? They either crashed and burned or they maintained their success and used it for the Lord. And it was based on their purpose. But I see people all the time. They're working overtime, and then they have no time for the kingdom. No time for anything else. And so you've got a big house. You've got a big title. But God is small in your life. And you know, finances and career will pass away. When they put you in the dirt, all that's going to go to somebody else. But your eternal things go with you. And some of us are packing pretty light. You're, you're putting it in a little overnight box. When God says, bring a trunk of that stuff with you. I think this happens with family, too. You know, I believe in family. I love my two sons and my, my two uh, daughter-in-laws very much. I love my wife very much. We've tried to build our home around Christian principles. I hope that I'm the same here as I am at home, that's what I strive to be. I don't want to be a fake. You know, but, but can I tell you that I've watched families who do so much that families mean so much to them. You say, well, aren't they important? Yeah, they are. They should be. Your family should be important. The Bible says take care of your family. But when your family is so important that you plan everything around your family and Christ gets crowded out, there's a problem there. See, Paul doesn't mention any of those things. 
Look what he says here in Colossians. Look at this passage. Look what he's saying. And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord. We've been, we've been harping on this for about a year or so. You don't make Jesus Lord. He already is. And that's true. But you know what? You either accept Him or reject Him as your Lord. And the question I want to ask you is, if He says to these people, you've accepted Him as your Lord, have you? Is He Lord of your life? He's my Savior. That's different. He saved me. Now, but does He rule? Everybody wants a Savior. Not too many people want a Lord. And He says, these people, just as you accepted Jesus as Lord, continue to live in obedience to Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him. Where's this taproot? If, 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 you're going to, if you're going to want to be a rooted Christian, really rooted in Christ, guys, it means you, you depend on God first. You go after God first in your life. Number two. What, do I, what else I can do, Tim? I decide to grow deeper than I am. I would even say, I decide I'm going to grow deeper than I am now. But I'm always going to keep growing deeper. Because that's, that's what it says in the passage, doesn't it? Look at it. Look at what it says here in Colossians 2 again. It says here, it says, And now, just as, just as you receive Christ, He says, Let your roots grow down into Him and draw nourishment from Him. He says, Let it grow down. Grow deeper. I know for some of us here, you know, um, we've had a lot of help, haven't we, on the way? I've had lots of help from people. You get lots of help to help you learn to do things, learn to be things, you know. But this here, he's telling the church in Colossae, Paul is saying, you've, see, you've got to grow deeper. The church at Colossae was only about five years old when Paul wrote them. They're a new church. They're new Christians. And he's saying, you've got to grow down deeper. You have to take that responsibility. I mean, how does a church that young help others grow down? There's only so much a young church can do, right? No, it's something you can do. And I want to say, guys, I want to say to all of us here, let's don't settle for being shallow. Let's don't settle for having just a shallow idea of what God wants in our life. Let's go deep. Let's get our faith deeper. Let's go, let's go after Christ. Let's go after what He's about. You know, it's, it's funny. Like I told you before, a small tree is starting out. It's real easy to pull out because the roots are just not that deep. But when it, gets, when it keeps working and it keeps growing and it goes through all the storms and it goes through all the trouble and the droughts and, and it gets the sunshine and the rain and it grows and grows and grows. And man, I tell you what, because it's so deep, it cannot be moved. But the tree does that with God's help. And your faith, my faith, our lives, we have to decide, am I going to grow deeper or am I just going to stay right here? I want to tell you, it's not just new Christians that are shallow, guys. We have people who have been coming to church a long time, got baptized years ago, that are still shallow. And Jesus talks about how important it is to get deeper. He talks about how, how 
you've got, we've got to get our faith deep. Why? We, because I won't grow any higher than I am deeper. Look what Jesus said here. And we know this parable of the soils. And it, what a, what a, you know, here's one of those people he's talking to. Here's a per, he says, a person's like, rock, like rocky soil. It represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. At first, they get along fine. But they wilt as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe, they believe the Word. Now, it's funny. I love the way the New Living says it because the NIV is a little confusing to me. You say, how's that? Well, it says those who have no root. But they do have roots. Little plants have roots. What he's saying is they don't have deep roots. And church and guests, I want you to know, God wants you to have a deep understanding of what he wants to do in your life. He doesn't want you to have somebody else's faith or a church's church's tenets or doctrines or whatever code of ethics. He wants you to have your to have them from Him yourself. And they're the things that you believe, that you cherish, that benefit your life. That's why I think sometimes some of us sit next to somebody and we say, how come they seem to be growing and benefiting? I don't seem to be growing and benefiting. It's your root system. And the reason you're growing and benefiting is because you've taken the responsibility of deepening your roots. You said, I want to go deep and nothing's going to stop me. I just don't want to know what to do. I want to know what to be. I, it's, not just, it's not just, hey, Tim, tell me what to do today. Or I call up somebody and say, what do I do about this situation? I want to know why and I want to know deeper and I want to know more. Why? Because I want to benefit my life and someday somebody's going to ask me what to do and I want to have the answer. But it's got to come from this desire that says, one, I'm, Lord, it's going to be you I'm going to put my roots in. And two, I'm going to take responsibility to go deeper. I don't understand why this happens, but it does, guys. We, we, we remain shallow and we want to blame everybody else. Look, look I, got th- I think I've got three things here that I want to challenge you to really get deep in, okay? It's so important that you get deep in these things. You see, the Japanese introduced a bonsai tree years ago, centuries ago. If you know anything about the bonsai, it's a regular tree. We've given away bonsai trees to some of our teachers and and people's awards around here. Cute little things. They look like a gigantic tree, but they're only like eight inches tall. How do they do that? Well, there's little bitty people that climb up. No, no, no. How do they really do that, Tim? Well, I thought they were little bitty. No, no. Okay. How they do it is, when it first sprouts, the gardener pulls it out and ties off the taproot so it can't grow any deeper. Trims off some of the feeder roots and then puts it back in. And it stunts the growth. It keeps the roots shallow. And and guys, your faith, my faith, our faith is going to remain where it is until we decide, I want it to go deeper. and And we free up. Our root system. Nobody's holding you back from that. I just feel so, I'm just controlled. You better look and see who tied that knot. It may be you. And so I want to encourage you to get, to do this during this series, that you deepen your knowledge of the Word of God. I don't, I want you to know, I, I, I say I don't understand it, but I do understand this. I understand because I've been there where I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I don't know what to do. I feel confused. I don't feel like I'm 
really getting anywhere. And I'm not in my Bible. Duh. I wonder if there's a connection there. I don't feel loved. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. That person doesn't help me. I got with this. I've got that group. And I just don't feel and I'm not even in my Bible myself. Are you crazy? Yes. You're insane. Because you can't get anywhere like that. God won't allow it. You are part of the equation in growing deeper. Well, I don't know how. Really? Really? Or maybe you don't listen. Maybe you're not. It's too much discipline. It's too much hard work. Been there. And then over four years ago, I started reading my Bible. And within months of reading my Bible, I hit a wall. Thought about quitting. Take my Bible and go home. I'll go somewhere else. Where? I don't know. Maybe I ought to think this through. And I start reading my Bible every day. And, you know, first run, I, it's okay. Send out a daily, start sending out a daily text. Oh, that's so sweet, Tim. Next year, I start praying through the Bible. Pray through the Bible. Today, it's the daily word. I'm looking for a word in that passage. And I'm going through all kinds of hell right now. And I just happened to read about Jeremiah. I never noticed it before. I've been through this book three times. How's this happened? And now Jeremiah is going, Jerusalem is in rubble. He's the prophet. And he's told you can go anywhere you want. And Jeremiah says, I'm staying. And sits amongst the rubble while the temple smolders. Talk about a sucky church he's in. The palace is in, is in ruins. The, te- the temple is on fire and, and smoldering. There's no singing. There's no call to worship. No sacrifices. And you think you've got a boring church service somewhere? He sits among the riffraff, the people that not even the captors want. He stays behind with the people the captors don't even want. The outcasts, the poor. The fools. And I'm going, well, I didn't want to go that deep. And God's telling me, what are you doing? Thinking of bailing again? What are you going to do? I, can't, I, I have nowhere else to go. i got nowhere else to go. i got to stay. You've got to stay. I get to stay. And that comes from reading the Word again and again and again and again. I have Bible verses in my head all the time now that I didn't have before. And that's, that's from roots getting deeper and understanding. See, guys, when I tap, tap in to the knowledge of, the, of my, get my knowledge in the Word of God, I tap into two things here real quick. Just think about this. I get His perspective on things. And really, you want God's perspective. How does He feel about stuff? And God's directive, what to do. The second thing I want to encourage you to go deeper in is the application. My personal application. You know, we, go, we, go, we have discipleship groups and we have application questions. We have people say, okay, what are you going to do? 
Oh, we're going to do this and this and this. And then you go home and what do you do? You don't do any of it. And you wonder how come you're frustrated. Without application, instruction will be frustrating. So what do I do? I need to get deeper and say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm really going to put this in my life and not talk about it anymore. Because when I start getting serious and deeper about my personal application, listen, it gives God an opportunity to work in my life. And you know God's got your best interest in mind, right? He's going to do some good stuff. And the third thing I want to encourage you to be deep in is your prayer life. I don't, you know what I caught the other day? I pray when I'm in trouble. God, help me, God! Help! Mr. Wizard, help! You know, I'm always asking God when it's, oh, I'm so discouraged. So don't you pray? Don't you, you pray in times of trouble? Yes. But you know what I've learned? I need to pray when it's going good. I'm learning something, church. Let me tell you something. Our greatest lesson here at Greater Alton is not because we're going through some tough times. The greatest test of our faith is when we become successful. I know a lot of guys. I know a lot of people. We learn a lot from defeat. You know, the Cardinals were having trouble learning something. And on the radio they said they haven't lost any games. And I'm like, what? And on the big fan, 550, what is it, was it 550 or 590, they were saying, if the Cardinals would lose some games, it might teach them something. But they can't, they, they, they can't learn anything because they're winning too much. And I'm like, that don't make sense. Yeah, it does when you stop and think about it. The greatest test of our faith is when we're successful. Why? Because it makes us independent of God. I know that firsthand. I've had success and got so cocky and so independent that God goes, man, Tim, you've gotten the big head. You know, when you, when, you were, when you were going through the rough stuff, you were on your knees, and now you've got a big head. So we've got to work stuff out of your head and get you back in the knees. And I want to encourage you, if something's going on good, you ought to be praising God for that because it comes from the Lord. If something's going bad, talk to the Lord about it, of course. But let's learn through that. Let's, let's take our prayer life even deeper than make this go away. That's what I've been, you know, that's what I've been praying. Isn't that awful? I'm ashamed of this. I've been praying like, God, make it stop. Just make it stop. And he's going, no. Okay. That's not the right prayer, Tim. You better think about another way to pray about that. How about, not my will, but yours be done? Who, who prayed like that, Tim? Jesus did. See, I want you to be like Jesus. Be like Christ. Number three, and I've got to move now because I'm out of time. And, and I learned to be patient. If I'm, if I'm going to be a rooted Christian, I better learn to be patient. Are you in a hurry? I'm in a hurry now because I've only got a few more minutes. I've got to hurry up and get the sermon done. But some of you are probably in a hurry going, Man, come on, Tim. I've got to cook out. I've got to get ready for i got Johnsonville Broadwurst coming. You know, we're always in a hurry. I was at El Mezcal getting what I call the Frank Zappa plate. It's called the Pollo Zarape. If you've ever never had Pollo Zarape, it's an incredible dish. We're at the Godfrey one, El Mezcal. Place is packed. 
Denise and I are going out for a nice romantic time together in a Mexican restaurant. Nice. Sit there. What would you like? We'd like to order now. Okay, what would you like? The pollo zarate. He looks at me and I go, dos. Both of us. He goes, see, off he goes. We usually get our plate five to eight minutes. We're waiting 35 minutes. How dare them? Where is this pollo zarate? We're going to have to, you know, good thing I didn't order the Speedy Gonzales. It's taking forever. 35 minutes. We don't like to wait, do we? Everybody's sitting around talking about their phones one day. I hear somebody go, Wait, I've got a 4G. Oh, I got 5G. Look away, I'm hideous. I remember when it was one, uh, two, 12 or 16 megahertz. You type in one sentence and hit save. And you hear the you hear the harder. Come on! Remember dial up. Click. You got mail. We can't even handle that. We don't. Ten times faster than dial up. Twenty times faster than DSL. They're they're DSLs. Dying like the dinosaur now. It's, it's out. Did you know that? I called AT&T. I'd like to get DSL. <laughs> when were you born? What's that got to do with? Look, old man, we're in a 4G world. Okay. I get it. You verse. You what? You verse. That Bible? No. It's a new system. And it's fast as greased lightning. I like that. Fast. I don't want to see that hourglass and then start turning. What is going on there? Y'all got smartphones. Are off. We like fast. We want it fast. We well, hey, if we can find a way to cut a corner, we'll do it. You know, Christian, our Christian life, we do that too. We try to cut corners. How do we do that, Tim? We try to cut corners by skipping some steps and get right to what to do. This is going to blow your mind. What do I do? Why? What do, you, I don't, what do I do? I just, don't, I just want to know what to do. What to do? I'll find that verse that tells me what to do. Because after all, Tim, you're always preaching, do this, do this, do this. So I do. What do I do? Because if I, here's what we got. We got this, some kind of secret formula or combination like a lock going, if I do these things, then the problem will unlock and go away. You know, God is not interested in you doing, but being. Doing, you can do like that. Right? I'm going to do something. Done. Done. Being takes longer. And here's what I've been learning lately. I've been so caught up in this, too. Oh, what do I do? What do I do about this person, this couple, this, 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 this Christian? What do I do about the, the church? What do I, well, I'm overwhelmed by it. And then it occurred to me, what helps me figure out and sort out what to do is, Tim, take a step back. Go back a bit. What? What does God want you to be? 
huh? Don't think about doing. What does he want you to be? He wants me to be like Jesus. So now you've determined that, now we can talk about what to do. See, are you more interested in what to do or what to be? Because what to do, you do quickly. What to be takes time. It takes lots and lots of time, but we're in a hurry. Look what the Bible says here. Look what the Bible says here. I'm taking time. Look here. And now just as you accepted Christ, it says continue to live in obedience to Him. Continue to live in obedience to Him. Why? Because it makes your faith grow strong and stronger. You don't grow strong and stronger lifting weights one time at the war room or some fitness place. I lifted weights for 30 minutes. Here are my guns. Cap guns. Water guns. Look at my six-pack. Looks more like a barrel. I don't know what to tell you. You see what I'm saying? You can't, you can't build strength once. It takes time. It takes effort. Two seeds fell on the ground. Beautiful, fertile soil. One was a squash seed. The other one was different. The squash grew. Sprouted within days. The other seed just laid there. Weeks go by. The squash has leaves. A runner goes out. Blooms. The other seed, nothing. Four weeks go by. The squash now has these beautiful curly, curled squash there. People are coming and taking them. And the, and the squash goes through its life cycle. And as it goes through its life cycle, the other seed begins to pop open. Thirty years pass. The squash is forgotten. But stands next to where it used to be is a mighty oak tree. It takes time. It takes time to build maturity, to be. He who began a good work in you will finish it, but it takes time. Some of you here, have you ever thought this? Man, if I'd have got serious back then, I'd probably be at a different place now. Well, guess what? You can still get to that place. You can still get there. Just start sinking them deep now. But what about, don't worry about that. God wants, to, wants you to become something. It takes time and it takes... And guys, you know, spiritual growth, I think on your notes I've got here, spiritual growth is a process of becoming like Jesus. That's what it is. It's about becoming like Christ. And that means that maturity is this, that it takes a combination of faith and time and patience. Look at, this, look at the Scriptures say here, be glad for all God is planning for you. Man, God's got plans for you. And they're all good. 
Just be patient in trouble. Wait a second. Can we go back? What? <laughs> be glad for all he's planted for me. Then it says there's trouble. You mean there's going to be trouble in this? Uh-huh. That's why you got to be patient. Don't get in a hurry. Endure and pray. Pray. Pray about it. Guys, learn to be patient. Are you patient? Oh, Bob Hawkins said it to me. I'll forget it. Inch by inch is a cinch. Yard by yard is too hard. Inch by inch is a cinch. Don't you forget that. Some of you just keep inching. Keep inching deeper. And you'll, you'll be more like Christ. You will. This church will be more like Christ when we get serious about this. Here's the last thing. I'll leave you alone. Is number four. And that is I keep God's purpose in front of me. I thought about this because it kind of relates to being patient. How can I be patient? I keep, I keep God's purpose in front of me. I keep His purpose in front of me. How do I do that? Well, it says in, in verse 7 there, Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all He has done. It says, Let it, he's saying, be thankful for everything God has done. What God is doing. Be thankful for that. As you sink your roots. Let that motivate you. See, here's one of the things you're going to see in the book of Colossians and you see in the Bible is that one of the most powerful things you, God wants you to have is in this little word called hope. It's that expectation of what God is bringing that sometimes is the only reason you keep going. And I want to say, church... Let your, how do I do, let your heart overflow with gratitude of what God is doing. You know, I would rather have God working than not working at all. And if He has to work in bad stuff, then let Him work. I, I'd rather have Him working only the good stuff. But let's be honest. He works in all of it for good. And so, don't worry. That's what I'm learning in this today. I've been learning this week. Is to, is to be grateful for all that God has done. It's not all been storms. There's been some sunshine. And you know storms are going to end. Storms, your storm that you're going through is going to end. And the sunshine's going to come out. And the God who made the sunshine makes the storms. Even if you're the one that created the storm. God finds a way to go, let me have it. Oh, I can't work with you. You're high maintenance. No, no. no really? No, I can't. I, I, I can use that. Let me have that junk. And watch what I can do with it. We had a tree one time that was growing better than all the other pine trees on my place. I couldn't figure out why. And then, I, then when we redid our house, we had to replace our septic tank. That tree was right over the septic tank. Figure out the spiritual application there. God can make stuff grow. That's the spiritual application. Somebody sent me. Somebody sent me this. This. That's funny. Okay. Somebody. Somebody sent me a text. I don't even know if they got on. I don't know if they got on the screen. But here's. They said uh, the preacher. Yeah. Here's what it is. Look what it says there. They sent me this text. Whatever it is, only is because God is. At first I went, huh? What? Whatever it is, only, it was a preacher. Whatever it is, must be right, only is 
Because God is. And then I found a passage that backed it up. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I don't know. If you don't belong to Christ, stuff happens to you. I don't know if it's God's will or not. But I'll tell you this. Everything that happens to me as a believer is within the will of God. That I know. And that could give me some reassurance. What used to happen to me had no purpose or I didn't learn a thing from, I can learn and, and I can grow from. And it happens. It happens when I keep that purpose in front of me. And I'm talking confident right now. But I know what meets me after we get done here. When I go through those doors, the problems that I face this week, and the hardships that you face this week. We're all going through these doors in a second. And we're all going to be meeting that stuff, right? And I want to say to you, you help me. You pray for me. And I'll pray for you. And let's remember... Let's remember that everything happens within the will of God to us. That he, even our mistakes can be made into something good. Where's your roots? Where are your roots? What are you sinking down into? Are they growing? Or have you kind of settled for being shallow? You've stopped. I'm deep enough, Tim. But does that agree with God? I might agree with you, but does that agree with God? Would God say you're deep enough? Or would he say, oh, no. You know, one of the things I did I, that on your notes, it says there that I thought it was so interesting. I think it's verse 3 or something like that. Uh, backing up there, I, I remember it said something like, For in him are the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. I'm sorry. For in him are hidden the treasures. Did that say that on your notes somewhere? I don't know if it says it on there. Hidden, the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. Hidden, below the surface. Below this. Below this. Below the things we see. Deep in the heart of God. Treasure. What really matters. Or this way. Not just this way. This way. Will you grow deep? Will you go deep? That's what I'm asking you. Then you discover the hidden treasure of God. And it changes your life. There's a card in your bulletin. And for something you want to decide to do today. I want to go deeper, Tim. And I don't know how. Let me suggest you get with somebody and discuss that. And work together. Sometimes you need somebody else in the garden to help you. If, if, if it's something like, you know, Tim, I, I, I just I don't even know if I'm if I'm the, if I'm righteous. I, I can't say my life can, my root thrives because I'm not even sure if I have a relationship with God. Why not? Set up, why not agree to a personal Bible study and get that that question answered? Or maybe you've got something here right now. You're going, Lord, give me give me help. Give me clarity. Help me decide what I need to do. But Father, let it not be without embracing what you want me to be. We're going to give you a moment to fill out that card and, and then um, we're going to sing a song while you do that after I pray here. And then we're going to take up that card along with our contribution to the church. And again, I want to tell you, our guest, you're not obligated to give. You want to, we could, we could use it. We, could, we would appreciate it. And we'll use it for God's glory. But you're not obligated. You know, so, and then we'll be done, okay? Enjoy your Labor Day weekend and with your family. 
and, and just remember it's about Christ.